past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. And today we're going to talk about another topic that you need to know to take control of your own career. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, And today I'm going to share some ideas with you from some of my colleagues on LinkedIn. So as we go through, I will give them a shout out and tell you how you can connect with them and learn from them. But first, let's talk about LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has the been growing, especially in its prominence of the place to be for professionals. And if you're not there, if you're not on LinkedIn, uh, you probably aren't listening to this. <laughs> because most people who are professionals who are trying to advance their careers understand the importance of being on LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is the place to go for professionals, one, because it's the number one avenue that recruiters use when they are going to find an employee. So the data from Jobvite, they do their study every year and every year, pretty clear, LinkedIn is the winner. Facebook's been graining ground, but that's not our topic today. LinkedIn has been holding its ground at around 90% of recruiters using LinkedIn at some point during the hiring process process to either find a talent or to gauge that count that talent's skills interest network whatever it might be they're using it for and this has been fairly consistent the other thing that linkedin has been growing its prowess in as a business to business marketing tool so you have a lot of business people out there who they're targeting other businesses and they're using LinkedIn as a tool to to find and connect with and build relationships with those other businesses. And in some ways, it's become a business to consumer vehicle as well, especially for those of us in the careers industry who are there trying to give value to and build a business coaching those individuals who are looking to advance their careers. So your main categories of people on LinkedIn, HR people, recruiters, business salespeople who are looking to market or sell to other businesses. Some ways you have the businesses who are there trying to buy something, trying to do their research and figure out who they want to buy something from. And then you have those job seekers there as well as the career service providers who are there trying to serve those job seekers. This is important for, as we're going to talk about further down in terms of messaging and connecting, we want to think about who's there, who's on LinkedIn all the time, who's most likely to be logging in and be one of the 250 plus million monthly active users that Facebook touts. So you'll read bigger numbers, and those are the total number of accounts. When you look at the numbers, it's around 250 million active monthly users. Now, this isn't a a bad number by any means, right? That's a, a pretty big number. It's really nowhere close to the active daily user of Facebook um, or Instagram is growing now. 
However, it's people that are there for a purpose and they're focused on business, which is nice for those of us who want to have a professional networking place. One of the other reasons that LinkedIn does well is because it has fairly good privacy settings, meaning that one, people aren't posting a bunch of private stuff there anyways, they're posting business stuff, so we're a little bit less worried about our privacy there. And two, they've got pretty good privacy settings in terms of protecting your private information. Although, like any internet place, never consider anything you post there to be private and make sure your password there is unique. It's not used for anything else, especially your banking logins or anything financial. Your LinkedIn profile password should be something that is unique to that that platform. Then if LinkedIn's passwords get stolen, like their account information gets stolen, which has already happened, you know it's not going to affect any of your other logins. You should also do the same thing with any social media, Facebook, especially Instagram, etc. So when you're thinking about using LinkedIn or you're already on LinkedIn, but you want to know how to make it better, these are usually people's goals. You want to build your visibility. You want people to see you, whether that's because you want to build your business, you want to build your leadership, you want to earn that next promotion, you want to be more agile as a job seeker, you're currently actively seeking. There's a lot of reasons people want to build their visibility for to be seen, to be known in their industry. We're going to talk about this growing your your visibility a little bit more here in just a minute. That's one of our goals. Another goal, obviously, to build relationships. People who are in sales know that real salesmen build relationships. It's not about pitching. It's maybe my least favorite P. Um, We're going to be talking a lot of other P's today, profile, privacy. But pitching is not it. It's building relationships because that is where real sales come from, of course, is having a relationship, being known as the expert, being that go-to resource for the people in your industry who might be wanting to purchase whatever it is that you offer. So you want to build those relationships and LinkedIn has a lot of features that will help you do that. You also want to be thinking about how you can use it for research. This is one of the perhaps lesser used features of LinkedIn. And it's the reason that people will will encourage you to have a larger network. Uh, There's kind of been a backlash against a large network. And I agree that our connections need to be of some kind of quality. They need to be people that you want to build relationships with. They don't have to be people that you know. They could be people that you want to get to know, or they could be potential customers. So I have job seekers that will ask to connect with me, and I will say yes. And since I'm not in a huge wanting to serve job seeker mode right now, I don't necessarily spend a lot of effort there, but I'm not going to turn them down simply because they're not one of my top customers because they're a peripheral customer. So I will have people in my network that I don't know who I still consider to be quality connections because they connected me to me for some reason. They're feeling like they get value. And and so I will say yes. I do some research to make sure they're not spam accounts, which we'll talk about a little bit more. And then I'll have people that I do engage with more because they're either um, more critical 
potential customer or there's someone who I want to learn with, I want to connect with, I want to build a relationship with for my own edification. And the larger that my network is, the easier it is to do research and the more research I can do. So we're going to talk about the tools that you can use to do research. And that's one of the reasons that having a bigger network is beneficial is to be able to do the research and see what what we can see when we do this research and being able to make more connections to those people that we might want to make connections to through our research. So we're building visibility, we're doing research, we're building relationships, and we're uncovering opportunities. So the idea behind, you know, job search, uh, we don't like to necessarily equate it to sales, but when you're in active job search mode, you've got the same ideas as a salesperson in terms of connecting, building relationships, finding out if people have a problem that you can solve and then connecting to people that are in your target organizations once you've done that research. So what tools in LinkedIn can you use to achieve these goals? Today we're going to talk about your profile. There's nothing happens if that profile isn't where you want it to be. We're going to talk about posts and what posts might mean. And if you're not ready to put out your own posts on LinkedIn, what can you do instead? We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about that privacy. How can you set your profile privacy to to make it look good? And then we're going to talk about the the productions, the making it happen, if you will, which is the relationships. How do you build and foster relationships on LinkedIn? Now you're talking to, well, you're listening to a, an introvert here. And so the idea that I have 6,000 something connections on LinkedIn, which really isn't that big, is a little overwhelming for those of us who are introverts. However, I've got a group of those people that I've selected to build relationships with. And those might be prospects or people that uh, I think will be interested in the services that I have to offer. And they're people who are, for me, they're my edification, people that I wanna learn from connect with more as colleagues, I guess, if you will, although my colleagues are my prospects, so it gets a little confusing in my world. But when we look at our audience, that's the first thing we have to understand. Before we can think about profiles or posts or anything else, we have to start at ground zero. Who is your audience? I do a video on this, but one of the most fear-inducing paralyzing things that people can put in their brain is that I want to be an influencer on LinkedIn. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about whether or not you're an influencer. And it's been breaking all over recently. So if you haven't seen it, by the way, being an influencer doesn't mean much because I think it was hundreds of thousands, 300,000 followers, or maybe even millions that someone on 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 Instagram had and they went to try and sell a t-shirt and sold two t-shirts, right? Being an influencer, having a lot of connections, having a lot of followers does not mean you're going to be able to achieve your goals. What means you'll be able to achieve your goals is if you're clear about your audience, clear about who you want to connect with and set out a strategy to 
engage that audience, attract that audience, and convert that audience into conversations, relationships, and, and yes, eventually sales. So it's not about being an influencer. Take that out of your brain, put that thought aside. Even if you have quite a few connections, even if you have you know, a good network started, that thought is really taking you away from the real purpose of being on LinkedIn or any social media or really any of the things that you might do. You are doing what you want to do because you love to do it, because you think it will help other people, because it adds value to someone else in some way. If you didn't add value in some to someone else in some way, nobody would pay you for it, right? So it's got to add value to someone else in some way, and you enjoy doing it. And that's what we want to tap into at the foundational ground zero level. What do you enjoy doing? What topic are you an expert on? What's your voice or opinion around that, right? Why would people listen to you versus someone else? And who is that audience and why do they care about that? What about them help? What about what you know helps them? When you can define that, and that's the hardest part for most people, then the profile, the posts, all of those things become a lot easier. What voice you use, what you say, etc. Most people who are struggling with those, like, what do I say, or I don't know what to post, is really need to come back to the foundation. Who are you? What do you want to say? How do you want to say it? And who's your audience? When you have those questions defined, jumping on and posting something every day really isn't that hard. And my colleague, Kyle Elliott, really embodies this If you're not following him on LinkedIn, go and find him, Kyle Elliott. You might not resonate with his stuff and you'll decide to disconnect, but he knows who he is. I can tell that what he posts doesn't take him long because he is telling you his authentic stuff, his story, his client stories. And it's always on brand for him because he knows who he is, who his audience is, and how he wants to connect with them. And when you have that, it doesn't take as much effort to put out your content. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll dive into some of the how-tos on your profile, your posts, and making those connections. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. Every business wants to succeed. 
Every individual wants to succeed. But with an ever-changing economy, how can you manage to keep things doing so well, even in times of instability? You can. Tune in to Thriving in Uncertainty with host Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith and her guest experts have the answers you need to keep you ahead of the changing game in business. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Accept the challenge to succeed. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about how to maximize LinkedIn for your professional networking and talked a little bit about the background and making sure you have that foundation. It's one thing that we just want to skip over. We want to get right down to business. And let me tell you, if you're struggling with what to post or how to post or what to put in your profile, go back to that foundation before you struggle anymore and really key in on what that might look like, how that might fit. And, and how those pieces fit together. So let's talk a little bit about your profile. And this is basic, right? We know we need to have information in our profile. However, most of the time people want to get, take from their resume or make it uh, kind of that sales pitch for their business. I would encourage you not to do that. LinkedIn is a social network. So it's all an opportunity for you to share about your business. It's really an opportunity to share that in a story to share in a way that connects with the other person. On LinkedIn, a good rule of thumb for a lot of things that we do is to connect with people like we would do in person. LinkedIn profile is your introduction to someone else, like you're meeting them at a networking event. So you walk up to someone and they say, you know, tell me a little bit about what you do or tell me why you love what you do. And you want to answer those questions, especially in your about section. That's why do you love what you do? How did you get into what you do? You want to answer those interesting questions, not just what do you do, although that should be clear in the answers. Pretend like you're at an event and someone's asked you one of those those questions that really digs into the interesting pieces of who you are, why you do what you do, how you do what you do, how it's different than others, and then, of course, the value that it adds to those that you work with. In the professional experience section, it's that story of how you got started, what you do, the key customers that you might work with. People should get an idea of what it's like to do business with you, how you're different than others, how you work, why you work, and then what they'll get out of working with you. If you're a business owner, of course, it's going to talk about your business, but it shouldn't be a sales pitch for your business. It should be 
that connecting point between you and your business so that when they go to your website and they learn more, there's different information there. It's formatted a little differently and they're getting the bullet points that go along with the story that might be in your profile. And this is a fine line to walk because it should be easy for someone to understand what you do and what the value is from your LinkedIn profile without it being a sales pitch. Because if it is, no one wants to read it or no one wants to engage with you after they read it because they just think you're going to get another sales pitch when they connect with you in a message. It needs to be something that's personable, that we can read, we get the story, we get the highlights and the value, the expertise, but not necessarily the just the details. Now, the the profile piece, one little tidbit that... Um, not many people are, are using, well, two. One is that the headline, you'll see some experts say you can get up to 200 characters when you do it on mobile. I typically tell people not to do that because it's a headline and the faster and, and cleaner it is, the more effective it is when you use all 200 characters, it in some ways loses its crispness. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do it if it works for you. Just want to be careful of, am I overdoing it here, giving people too much, putting too much in there because I quote unquote can using these 200 characters. Other reason I don't like to do that with people is then you have to edit it on mobile. You can't edit on your desktop anymore um, because it, it will cut you off every time because you have too many characters. Other thing is that you have 100 characters in your job titles, and in those job titles, you get the opportunity to do more than just your title. So you can have your official title at that organization, but then you can add something more, your value that you've added, other title words that might be important in search for uh, someone who's looking for someone like you, and you can figure out how you want to use those 100 characters in your job titles. They're very high profile in terms of their visibility. So when you scroll on mobile, especially the titles are really big, really bold. Even on the desktop, the titles are are big and bold. They stand out. And especially if you're in job search, recruiters place a lot of emphasis on those titles. So don't waste those 100 characters. Use them wisely to share not just your title, but other title words that might be important, other title words that are in job descriptions you're applying for, etc., and maybe a little snippet of how you've added value in that position or your scope in that position, whatever is going to highlight your connection to your target audience the best. People talk a lot about search optimization and, and optimizing your profile for search, There are some ways that you can figure out what words you want to use. A great one is looking at job descriptions that are are posted in your field. What, What are people like you using? You can look at other profiles like yours on LinkedIn and what words are people using. Be careful. Never copy and paste someone's profile. You're a unique individual. Your profile is to tell your unique individual story. You can get ideas, but you definitely don't want to copy and paste and, and don't want to include words if you can't back it up. And then you can do, um, there's some SEO tools, word clouds, etc., where you could post in job descriptions and get the top keywords either in a list or, or in a visual through something like word cloud. Do all of that. 
and and most of the time it comes back to things that are pretty self-explanatory to you. You know what words people are looking for when they look for someone like you. Things to stay away from are words that are meaningless that no one would search, right? No one's searching interpersonal communication skills, results-oriented, those overused words. People are not searching for them. Don't put them in your titles. Don't put them in your headline. Stick to title words, Um the, you know, actual job titles you might be applying for, sales manager, those words that people are going to be searching for usually are title words, especially if you're talking about the HR world. They're searching for people who have held the titles that they're looking to fill at this moment. So watch those job titles, watch trends in those job titles, and adjust your headline and titles appropriately. That profile really isn't that difficult to get it to 100% where you're, you know, an all-star just means you filled out every section that you've put in all of the basic information. And then you want to look at the privacy of your profile. And when you're in your profile under your little picture in the drop down, there's a, a settings and privacy link. You want to go to that settings and privacy link and look at who can see what in your public profile. If you're trying to engage, if you're trying to create a network, don't have things be hidden in your profile. You can hide certain things, but people need to be able to see your picture. They need to be able to see your headline, your titles of your organizations, or it's going to be really hard for them to connect with you. I know there are people that don't like the picture and someone commenting on one of my posts recently, you know, that if you don't have a picture, people think you're spam. Yes. Yes, they do. My metaphor for that is not having your picture on LinkedIn is like networking behind a wall. No one does that, right? You don't stand behind a wall and try to have a networking conversation with someone on the other side of the wall. People need your picture. Get the best one you can get. Look like you. Don't look like, um, you know, you 20 years ago. Look like you. Get a professional picture and put it up there. And go in and fix your privacy settings so that people can see that picture, even if they're your second or third level connection at the minimum. You want people to be able to see you when they're going to connect with you. You can see who can see your email address, who can see your connections. There's a lot of privacy options in that section. If you haven't gone in there and looked at that, make sure you do that. And before you update your profile, go in and turn off your notifications so that not everyone gets a notification that you've changed every little thing. And then when you're making that last final change, then you can go in, do that notification If you'd like to, it's nice for people to see that you've changed your profile. It's going to increase your profile views. Don't abuse that. Do it every week. That's annoying your network. But maybe once a month even, once every six months definitely, it's okay to turn on that notification, update something in your profile legitimately, and send out that notification so that people will see what's new with you. Privacy. In LinkedIn, as I said, it's it's easier, it's a little bit more straightforward than what you get in some of the other social media networks, but you still want to not be overly private or you're preventing the what you're trying to get out of it. People can't network with you, they can't see you, they can't find you unless they're 
able to see you and especially that picture, that profile. So you can change your picture for your network to see it, which means those who are your second or third level connections will be able to see it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about using search and connections and diving into posts. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about LinkedIn and talked about your profile, getting that up and going before you move into what we're going to talk about next. So search on LinkedIn is one of the most powerful ways that you can use LinkedIn, whether you're trying to build your business or trying to find a job. It's a network. It's a tool. And if you aren't using it, it's not going to kind of miraculously do things for you. So this is something I hear a lot from business people and from job seekers is, you know, no one's contacting me or no one's contacting me for the types of businesses, services, jobs that I want. Well, it's not like a magic ball, right? It's not going to magically make things appear that you want to appear. It's a tool that we get to use, and one of the parts of the tool is search. Now, you before you start searching, you can do this in your privacy settings. You can decide how you want people to see you have looked at their profile. 
If you are actively job seeking or actively business seeking, I would encourage you to make it so that they can see exactly who you are and that you've looked at your profile. Why? If you're job seeking, this can be kind of a the lowest level of connection, right? Um, and this is one of the problems with LinkedIn in some ways is that it's a high level, a high bar of connection. On Twitter, you can just follow someone with one button. You don't have to ask for their permission. You can follow people on LinkedIn now, but it's not really the same because it's not as visible as the follow on Twitter. But you can follow someone on LinkedIn instead of trying to connect with them. But you also can go to their profile and they can see that you've looked at them. And if they are a frequenter of LinkedIn, if they belong in one of those categories of people we talked about at the beginning, HR, recruiter, etc., they are going to want to know who's looking at them. And so when they do that, when they know that you've looked at them, they might reach out to you. So it's kind of a passive way to get people to look at you who are the type of people you want to look at you, is go and look at them. Search them, find them, go look. So you can go into your privacy settings before you do your search and know who is going to be looking at you. And when you do that, it also shows, it also changes what you can see. So if you hide yourself, then you don't get to see who's looked at your profile. So if you're going to hide yourself while you're doing search, you want to go back and change it later so that you can see who's looked at your profile. Then you want to go and you want to do search. So the things that you're most likely searching for, either by job title or by company. And if you're job seeking or even really building your business, having a target list of companies or organizations is a great place to start and build that list You can use LinkedIn to build it a little bit. Their company search function isn't great. You're more likely, you're you're better off having a list of companies to start with going into LinkedIn and searching for those companies. When you look at the company profile, you can see your connections that work there pretty prominently on the page. So you've got a company page in front of you, Right under that company page title and name, there's a see your connections that work here. And when you're looking at those connections, they're going to be first or second level. It's just it's a pretty easy way to find a a person that knows someone who works at a company is to search by companies. And when you're looking at at a company page, you know, see all their employees that work there or see your connections that work there. When you see all the employees that work there, you can filter it by connections. So you can say, I just want to see my first and second connections that work there. And and boom, you've got a list of people. And if someone is a second level connection that works at the company, you can see who is the connector, who's between me and them. Who could make that introduction for me? And that's gold. Whether you're trying to sell a service or get a job, that's what you want. You want to be able to see who is my warm connection, the person that I already know, hopefully, in my network, or at least am somewhat familiar with, who might be able to introduce me to someone at my target company. And I was trying to find someone in, in Hewlett Packard. I'd go to the Hewlett Packard company page. It says I know 
X amount of people that work there, but then I can see all 290,000 employees on LinkedIn and I can filter that down by my first and second level connections and that helps me find that connecting piece. Now, if I wanted to add some companies to my target list when I'm on that Hewlett Packard page, there's a list of companies down the right-hand side that are similar pages, similar companies. Um, It's not rocket science. They might already be on my company list, but they might not. And, And I could add some of those companies to my list as well. I can also look at the people who work at Hewlett Packard and see their former companies and that might help me build my company list. But when we're doing searches, number one way is go to your target companies, see those employees that work there, see those second level people and who could make that introduction for me. Introduction, important word. You're looking for someone who can make that introduction. And LinkedIn actually removed their introduction feature, which I kind of like, because you don't want to do it that way. You don't want to send a form message asking Sean to connect me to Cindy. I want to either pick up the phone and call Sean, depending on how well I know him, and say, you know, hey, Sean, um, it's been a while. How are you doing? You know, I see that you know Cindy. And... Do you have any insights that, you know, how well do you know her um, and would you be willing to make an introduction for me? I have to have a pretty strong network to do that. I might have to work on that connection a little bit more. I have to may have to rekindle that relationship or it might not be the right person. But I want to give Sean a chance to say, ah, you know, Marie, I don't know Cindy that well. However, I know Bob, who does know Cindy, let me connect with him and see if he'd be willing to make the introduction. When I'm on the phone, although especially us younger professionals don't love it, um, that's where you want to be, if at all possible. And knowing the age of the person that you're calling, right? If Sean is a boomer, picking up the phone is going to be a lot more productive for me than trying to do uh, a message. If he's a millennial or, or Gen Z, it might be a message through Instagram, right? It, figuring out how to make that connection, but through LinkedIn was never really the best way. Phone call, email, or if you're really good connections with this person, uh, messenger, in, in many other forms, asking for that warm introduction to that second level connection. This is the research that we love doing on LinkedIn. This is how I help my clients make connections to help them get jobs or to help them build their businesses. Messenger in LinkedIn is really great if you're trying to connect with one of those categories of people who's always on LinkedIn, your job seekers, your career coaches, your marketers, your HR people, your recruiters, they are always on LinkedIn. If you're trying to connect to an engineering manager, sending them a message on LinkedIn probably is going to be crickets. They're not there unless they also are using LinkedIn to actively job search. They're just not there. And this is one of the kind of problems with LinkedIn, right, is that you don't know. So if you send a message and you don't hear back from someone, don't think that they're not interested. See if you can find a different way to connect with them. And I really don't encourage you to send a message through LinkedIn asking for anything unless you have a relationship with someone. So use your other connections to help you. You you know, that's why you have relationships. And if they're good relationships, if they're real relationships, those people won't mind helping you. You have to put in the effort to build those relationships. And that's where the 
consistent relationship building power comes from. So we're trying to build relationships on LinkedIn. What ways do we want to do that? Let's talk about this a little bit. A lot of times people will say, Marie, I don't know what to post on LinkedIn. We're going to talk about posts in our last segment, but I find that they're the most anxiety producing thing for people. So we're going to get there last. We're going to give you all the other ways you can use LinkedIn for your benefit before we get there. So you can build relationships on LinkedIn and foster relationships on LinkedIn without being connected to people by helping them share their posts, comment on their posts, and a comment has to be thoughtful. It can't be a, yes, I agree, or I was just posting on one of my colleagues' posts, you know, that little 100% emoji doesn't work. I want it to be a real reply, a thoughtful reply, something that would build a relationship between the two of you. Thank them for sharing great information, add great information. However, avoid or be very careful at posting links to your own content. So you're 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 walking a fine line there. If someone else is building a post, they're trying to get engagement and you post something on there that's stealing their readers really to your blog or saying, "Hey, I'm better. You know, go read my things." You have to be careful there. Sometimes you're adding value, sometimes it's great, and sometimes you're self-promoting. It's good to ask. Ask that person. Uh, my colleague Maureen did this to me just the other day. She reached out and she said, Marie, you know, I have this article that I was going to share on your post, but I didn't know if it was appropriate. Well, then I can go on my post and share that article from Maureen or I can send Maureen an email and say, sure, go ahead and, and send that post It's or put up that article. That's great. Thank you. Building relationship, you're always looking to do that. So you want to make those connections. Aaron Kennedy shared on a post that I shared today about how you can use your notifications to make sure that you're maintaining your relationship. So Aaron reminded me that when you're making comments on people's posts, then you also get notifications to where you can go in and respond to comments, make sure that you're engaging with the comments. And that's what people really want when they're building a relationship. So use those notifications to do that. Use those notifications to be able to connect with your content. And uh, and those notifications can be really powerful to help you do that. And one other tip here from a colleague, and this goes back to the search, and Bob McIntosh was talking about once you have that list of target companies, you can use that right-hand side of the company's homepage to find companies like this. So if you're not following Aaron Kennedy, you're not following Bob McIntosh on LinkedIn, find them and follow them. They put out some great content. They're people that just consistently help users of LinkedIn be able to do it better. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about posts and how you can make posts that are effective on LinkedIn. And I give you some of the tips from my colleagues, uh, Maureen McCann, Maureen McCann and Andy Foote. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about LinkedIn. We've talked about your profile your search and being able to make connections through others. And, you know, when you're making those connections, an introduction is always great. Sometimes you will want to connect to someone cold and there's nothing wrong with that. You want to send that personalized invitation. And I did a video on how to do that on mobile because on mobile you want to avoid the connect button and and you really want to send a personalized invitation and you have to go through some extra steps to do that on many mobile apps. When you're sending those connections, you want a personalized message, draw the connection between you and the other person, avoid pushing, selling, you know, why do you want to connect has to be something relational, looking forward to learning from you, I see that we share these groups and and you've been sharing great content, a little bit of flattery goes a long ways, and then keep that relational connection going. So reach out to them on some kind of a regular basis. Use your notifications to recognize when someone's had something change or they're doing something that you can respond to. Reach out and respond to their posts. And when you are thinking about doing that, making sure that it's always as relational as possible. What would you do if you were meeting that person in person? How can you use some of those same tactics to build relationships virtually? So as you're doing those connections and and personalizing those invitations, 
thinking about that is really important. Last piece is posts. Commenting on posts is one of the best ways to build relationships and it takes away your need to post as much. Posting once a day on LinkedIn is perfectly fine. Some of you are, oh my gosh, that's a lot. Posting once a week is perfectly fine. Do what you can do. And remember, if you're struggling with what you want to post, go back to the beginning. Think about who you are, what you want to share, how you want to share it, and how that connects to your target audience. Not the world. You don't have to be famous. As William Arruda says, we just have to be selectively famous. We want to appeal to our audience, and we want to connect with them. We want to write things that will connect with them. As you're commenting on other people's posts, you'll probably get ideas of other things that you could say. And you're never going to post, oh, someone said this and they're wrong and here's the right thing. You're going to post your perspective, your story, and in a way that adds additional value to what they said. This is one of the things we can tell the story in our head of, you know, everybody's already said that and not understand that it doesn't matter that someone's already said that because you're going to say it in your way with your hows and whys and whats and to your audience that wants to hear it from you in your way. It takes people hearing things a lot of different times in a lot of different ways to learn something. So you can be helping someone learn something important even though someone else has already said it because now they're going to hear it in your way and it might finally click for them. That's what you're aiming for, is that you're adding that value based on who you are and what you know about your audience and what they need. So you can post text, sort of like a mini blog, 1,300 characters, go for it. Give us your thoughts. Give a few bullet points that add value to your audience. You can post a link to someone else's article. Tag them. It's a great way to build relationships, build rapport, and show that you're a thought leader because you're paying attention to what's going on in your industry. And, you know, some people say, oh, the algorithm doesn't like external links. If that's where you are and that's what you can do, use the, the best that you can. So add some text to the beginning. Tell us your perspective. If you have a connection of any kind or you just want to tag that author, tag the author, tag the periodical it's from, do those little tasks that help get that content as much visibility as possible. But it's perfectly fine to share someone else's article. Just add your voice to it. Add your points to it. You can also share links to external content. When you do that, you want to make sure you put some text in the message, tell people the key points, and then you can put the link in the post. Um, Some of the algorithm gurus will tell you to put it in the comments. So Andy Foote, one of our algorithm gurus, will tell you to put it in the comments, and that's fine too. You give people that opportunity to engage with content that you have somewhere else when you do that, and that's good. And you can also post a video. I know you're thinking, really, I'm never going to post a video, but you can't. And if you have, if you present all the time, take one of those presentations that you do, a 90 seconds, two minutes of it in a video, be really easy for you. And, and you've got great engaging content. You still want to add the key points in a message so that people see what they're going to learn from watching the video. And, you know, you can go all out and put in the captions and all of that. It's going to make it easier for people. But don't get caught up in that you have to have all of that to be able to do it. 
So as uh, Maureen McCann shared this, you know, update people about what's happening with you. You've got to share your views and thoughts and opinions on topics that are of interest. And that's what makes it easy. Don't make it something you don't know about. Write about what you know. Write about what's going to appeal to your audience so that you can connect with other people. And again, if you're not following Maureen McCann, Bob McIntosh, Aaron Kennedy, Adrian Tom, Sarah Johnston, Andy Foote, these are all great people to follow to get those key insights on how to use LinkedIn and really how to maximize it for your use. Start there. What are your goals? What do you want to get out of LinkedIn? And then think about how you want to show up there. How are you going to talk about who you are, what you do, why you do what you do? Personalize it so that it's not just a resume. It should be that connection, that conversation that I would have with you at a networking event. Then who's my audience? What do they care about? And how can I write content that will give them the value? That's why they keep coming back. I was watching this video on Instagram and how to build your Instagram following. It's not rocket science. It's work. It's hard work to really think about what your audience values and how can you share content that adds value to them. And everything's becoming more visual. So even on LinkedIn, visuals can be helpful for you. But if they're not, if it's not visual, it's okay. Especially on LinkedIn, you can just do text. How can you add value to your audience and how can you do it consistently? Consistency is key in any platform to be able to share that message and get a readership because they expect you to be there every Monday or every Tuesday or whatever it might be. We're going to have another great topic next week on on the Career Confidant. We're going to be talking about applicant tracking system updates and how you can make sure you're avoiding bias in your resumes and LinkedIn profile documents. If you have, haven't been on in a few weeks, we're excited that we have a sponsor uh, who's been sponsoring us for the last few weeks, the U.S. Career Institute. They have a program that they've been doing for 35 years, legitimate work-at-home opportunities in the healthcare industry. You get to learn billing and coding. You to be your own boss, choose your own hours, and you can learn how to do this online in as little as four months. So study anywhere at your own pace Get that freedom to work whenever you want. No monetary risk of overhead. And this is a legitimate work-at-home opportunity. And and that uh, link that you need to go to to learn about this is workfordoctors.com backslash career. And then you have to enroll with the code career, C-A-R-E-E-R, by Monday, October 7th. So workfordoctors.com backslash career and enroll with that code career by Monday, October 7th. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 